don't I am excited. I, I don't have like I haven't had the space to get into it yet. I am excited. Listen, I don't even know what season this is, but it's season one too many. Can we all agree on that? Yet we're still here and we're back. You're listening to the ACC Basketball Degenerates Podcasts, where we look at college basketball through the lens of the most storied and prestigious league in history. And if you're a Big Ten fan and that offends you, you can take a hike, run a lap, and Bob for the elusive National Championship trophy in the toilet. I'm your host, Luke Near. Vegas Mike Jaffe is still here. The question remains, you're not happy. I know you're not happy to be here. When are you going to hit <laughs> mid-season form? New Year's Eve, March the 1st, another date I'm not looking at currently. I, I mean, it's, you know, as soon as I'm cooking my Thanksgiving turkey and those games are starting to roll, I hit midseason form halfway through the preseason tournaments. Is that and when then you, I tail off quickly by, by the time we get into uh, conference play. Is that when you do your little jiggle and clap? Anyway, I don't know. Taylor Pilkington is also <laughs> present. He has survived. He's ready to roll. He's got a drink in hand. You can shake the ice. So I'm not lying yeah, to our listeners. Good sound effect. Yeah, give me. I've already shake. peaked before the first game has even been played. Mike, Mike's just getting <laughs> ramped up. I'm my my season is over. You've got a martini with how many olives in it? Uh, this one has four of the tiny little ones because I'm out of your your big Spanish queens. Out of the big boys. Okay. That's fair enough. Oh man, that's that's a really tough way to start the year with little olives. You know, at least I you mean, got a, at least you have an episode title right off the bat. One little one olives. does what one can. Is it going to be called Spanish Queens? <laughs> All right, we, we've got a lot of business to get to. Here is what's on tap for tonight's show. The agenda is the following. I hope you guys are ready for this, and I hope our listeners are as well. Number one, we have to address it. We have to embrace it. We have to mock it. The K Farewell Tour, also known as Krzyzewski's Last Dance. I'm here to acknowledge and mock it from now until the day they're done, until the end of the line. That's on the agenda. Number two, the rest of the field. We'll go down the line, give our preseason top fours and beyond, and we'll also try to predict the last place team. I have an interesting angle on this one because that's our personality. We believe in value all the way down to the basement. Number three, this year... On overrated. That's what we're going to do. Number four, this year on don't trust, fill in the blank. And number five, a film review of the motion picture adaptation of Dune. You guys all right with that? <laughs> well, I know where Taylor's going to shine. That Dune reference, he is the grain of sand. So, yeah, just call me the sandworm. Yeah, I'm ready. That You know, Luke, you've come very prepared. You usually don't have this many talking points. I'm excited. I know. I mean, somebody had to do it, right? I mean, Taylor's still <laughs> swigging his martini, and you've got a hoodie in some dark basement. Uh, should you reveal the news to our audience? I think we need to start here. Oh, the fact that I have moved to from the, uh, Virginia to New Jersey? To the OG Luckily, gambling I, state of the union. That's right. That's right. I don't. I only moved to DraftKings-supported states, so uh, this one has worked out well for me. I'm going to need Taylor to place my bets on Seton Hall throughout the I was going to say, but, you can't gamble on Seton Hall now. <laughs> but now you're going to take uh, all the VT bets for Taylor, so it's going to be mutualism. Yeah, exactly. I love it. There's going to be there's going to be some good reciprocity here between all of us. I feel like one other. Oh yeah, Rutgers. Have you been to the rack? I'm sure you have, right? The oh yeah yeah. Well, I was I was there many years ago. You should get season tickets uh, tonight that you're up there. I think that would be yeah on brand for you. We're also going to talk about futures. <laughs> I forgot to mention that, so we'll dish out a couple of futures that we like. But 
Taylor, how about you start us off with a few words, maybe a poem that you can write on the spot. You are the wordsmith of this group. On the Krzyzewski farewell tour, it's off to a fantastic start. I'm not only talking about the press conference where you had, um, I don't know how many Duke masked men, like Kay and all his masked men just following him around, a little bit like the, uh, what is it, the, the piper and all the mice follow the cat with the fiddle or the... Um, you know what I'm talking about. Piper? Yeah, the pipe piper. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where we started. Where are we now? Well, we had um did they play Every Time I Touch for K and um at a big ceremony for their Midnight Madness, whatever they do. I don't know. That's their right. I mean, that's the the theme song down there. It still is. I don't know why. Definitely. But do you have any words, Taylor, to start us off? I mean, just a moment on the every time we touch. If you as as a you know representative of the college fraternity party every time we touch is is you know low key or high key no matter if you're a duke person or not a, a banger at about 2 a.m in a fraternity basement uh so <laughs> judge me if you will but that's that's what it is um if you ever end up at a duke fraternity just start running to chapel hill yeah I'm, immediately I, that get that out was different than my scene that's true well now that mike's <laughs> in new jersey why don't you um since you're amongst a lot of dookies now, you've transplanted. Why don't you give us a few thoughts right. as well? Uh, I mean, you know, I know that uh, you. nobody's less happy about the uh, Coach K tour than you, I'm sure, Luke. But, you know, I think you've got to be relishing the fact that everybody is kind of like penciling in Duke as your – you know, ACC champion for like the fifth year in a row, even though they haven't won a regular season title since what, like 2010. Have they even done it? They haven't well, even done it in the ACC, right? No, they like, tied it, it's it been for forever. the title in 2010, the regular season title, which is what matters, yeah. not the ACC tournament. Yes. And you know what? So I've, it's been it's been forever. So it's got to be a relief to you that everybody's picking them to finish first, because now you're just like, well, obviously they're not going to well, do that. Can so I tell you, you something? You got to. Ever since the inception, you're not going to pick them. The inception of this podcast in 2015, I've been the voice in the wilderness, the fiddler on the roof, shouting, "Don't pick Duke to win the league. Don't do it." And I think I've really helped our listeners profit in their futures. I think I've hit mm-hmm. a lot of top fours, except for that one year you talked me into Syracuse, which was like two years ago or something. I still blame you for that one. Last you year, mean this year? No, last year I got three of the top four correct. You can check the tape if you don't believe me. But I've got news for you, Mike. Mm. I have selected the Duke Blue Devils to win the ACC in 2022. What, Luke? You think you know someone? I mean, well, this is breaking news because it hasn't happened in forever. Um, So I'm excited to hear you talk for 15 to 20 minutes about Wendell Moore and how he's a better better player this year than he's ever been. Uh, But please, just give me me your elevator pitch on why Duke is going to win the ACC championship this year. Before we jump into our our top fours, I'll just say the one final thing on the Coach K Farewell Tour. I've come full (laughs) cycle. I now embrace it i love it every everything is a last you know last last game at this court last game at that court i'm just waiting for the disney channel original movie about the coach k farewell tour when they win the you know the acc it's it, it makes the movie i want uh matt damon from oceans 12 13 with the fake nose if you've seen that one to play <laughs> coach k i think that's the perfect one um, and I can't wait to stream that on Disney+. Plus. Well, I was talking to our friend Lauren Brownlow, a.k.a. LeBrownlow on Twitter over the offseason, yeah. 
And she mm-hmm. asked me, what do you, th- what are y'all up there in Charlottesville going to give Kay as his farewell gift? And I said, excuse me? <laughs> well, hopefully a loss, but I don't think that's necessarily going to happen. Oh, definitely not. <laughs> are we actually going to have farewell gifts? Is, and is every so, team going to give them something? I think that it needs to be a crap sandwich or a lump of coal. I mean, that those are the only two options I can think of. I mean, this right, uh, right. if that starts happening, we're gonna have a heyday on this podcast, mocking Ugh. fan bases, ads, other opposing coaches, media relations departments, and hacks all over the place. But anyway, what was what was your original question? Why did I pick Duke to win the league? Well, I watched the Winston Salem State scrimmage, and I was convinced. No, I did watch that, by the way. <laughs> but <laughs> they have the deepest front court. They have the depth. Nobody mm-hmm. else has depth except for this Duke team. And all you need is. A little bit of guard play out of Trevor Keels, who looks like he's going to be a stabilizing factor for that team. And Wendell Moore to not, uh, I don't know, be the shell of himself that he was last year. I still don't trust him to hit shots. and But I think Roach is going to hit a few more threes this year. So I'm banking on the front court. You know I have a lot of Mark Williams stock. I'm like his number one defender outside of Durham right. in New Jersey. So. Right. Let's just right. get into it. The one it. that got away for Virginia, I feel like. You know, the seven-footer Virginia guy, you know, to have him go to Duke. I mean, obviously, he's an IMG Academy guy. I just like to think that. Look at you, Coach just K firing shots right the, out of the gates. <laughs> yeah, he's over just there doing the dark arts, so, you know. Darts. <laughs> but, to get Mark out there. But, yeah, you're right. They got a powerful front court. I mean, Theo John. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, a remarkable transfer for them who I think will play well. So, I mean, I, I feel you, I feel you. I mean, I can see it, but I, I don't know, you know, size wins in the ACC. I just, I don't think you win a championship without, without senior guard play, um, or, or without stable guard play. Let me say that. Um, and I just don't know if Duke has it. They're still one of the worst shooting teams. I feel like in the ACC, I don't, they just, they still can't get buckets. So. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is, Luke, how does it – I mean, I think I'm going to pick Duke too, but how does it change from, uh, you know, when they had all the more talent a year ago but still no shooting, you know, or two years ago but still Did no shooting. Did they have more talent last I year? I think so. Last and year? Like the, Are you serious? I, DJ Stewart? Oh, sorry, two years ago. Two years, <laughs> like, think about – Thank you. Even two like, years, okay. Yeah, sorry. Even like the Zion year, they didn't have shooting and that was their downfall. And now like I still don't think they have shooting. Like Jeremy Roach is not a good shooter. I don't I don't think he's going to really be that great. The only guy who can really shoot is Joey Baker and he's not going to play like that much, right? He can just post up in the corner. They'll get the rebounds. And back to the shooting, if you want to talk about or the Zion team, why didn't they win the league? Well, um it was a UVA team of a generation. It was a UNC team with Kobe White and a lot of big pieces who just won a ton of games. I just don't think the competition is at that level. Yeah, Duke's not going to be as good as that year or that team, but the rest of the ACC, I, I just don't see it. And and Paolo is going to be like dominant. Is what we haven't even said his name yet, and he's going to be the guy. Right? I think everybody needs to settle down on Player of the Year, National Player of the Year. Okay. Okay. Settle down, everybody. And also, if I, I hear. Mean- has anybody out there gone against the Theo John grain? Is he the most beloved player now in the country? Everyone, when they <laughs> mention Duke, has nothing but rave reviews about Theo John as if he's Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah. Coming yeah, off I mean, the bench. And you know, he's only 6'9". You would think that, like, he, the way people talk about him, you would think he was, like, a 7'1", second coming of Jokic himself, you know, but... uh 
But, you know, he's, I don't know, he's a scrappy, he plays bigger than he is. You know, he's big enough he's in the ACC even, this year. He's not even the best transfer from Marquette. I mean, Dawson Garcia, <laughs> who we'll get to, is worlds better than Theo John. Well, I have Duke number one. Who do you guys have as your number one team in your preseason predictions? Uh, we'll start with Taylor. Taylor, why don't you go ahead? I mean, you already had Duke, right? Is that what you said you were going to Yeah, have Duke. Okay, Mike, who do you have? Oh, well, I mean, the clear right pick is UNC. But, yeah, I, I love mean, that. I the the team that's actually going to win the ACC is Notre Dame. Oh, obviously. stop it! No, this mean, is I mean, no, this is a serious no, part of the podcast. No, this is this is it. I'm telling you, this is the year that Hub and that classic, uh, that huge Mike Bray recruiting class puts it all together. You know, your Princess Hub, your Jane Goodwins, and your first team All ACC and ACC Player of the Year, Nate Lashevsky, uh, is going to bring it home. I'm telling you, this is it. This is the year that Mike Bray, uh, he's in the, he's about to get his huge contract extension. This is it. I'm telling you. So Notre Dame. I mean, again, UNC is the right pick, uh, but I'm going to pick Notre Dame to win it all, just so Let, that uh, I can dangle this in your face. Let's let's. Plus, they have the best schedule. They had such a brutal schedule last year. So oh, if you look at the schedule, it's pretty tasty. Let's let's each give our top four before we set this Notre Dame paper lantern lantern on fire because <laughs> I can't wait to. Just... <laughs> they play Duke once. They play North Carolina once. I mean, that's really yeah. all you need to hear. It doesn't right? matter I mean, who you play if you're not good at basketball. Oh, I mean, that's a sad truth. No, the, I, the I mean... most the most disrespectful thing that we've said this so far is that we haven't even mentioned Florida State. Well, know, I'm going to mention them since Taylor wants us to give our top fours. I have Duke, Florida State, Vodtech, and Virginia. Those are my four. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm, Virginia I'm sneaking into the top four. Completely against you on I can't wait Carolina. to hear how they do that. Okay. Everybody thinks I'm a homer. Um, this year, I, I don't think Virginia is going to be challenging for the ACC title at all. I don't think they'll be challenging for the second or third spot, but I think somehow they squeeze that lemon juice into the four <laughs> seed at the end of the year on some tiebreaker on the last game of the season. But we'll get nice. there momentarily. Taylor, give me your top four. I've got Duke, UNC, super you know follower right there, and then Shocking. Louisville and Florida State. Okay. Wow. Wow. All right, I got uh, Notre Dame. Dame. <laughs> the, the truth Notre is Notre Dame, uh, UNC, um, and then I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Louisville, Florida State. I don't even think Duke. <laughs> oh, right, wow, I love this. <laughs> can I book that uh, back? Can I book that tri- oh, quadrifecta? Whatever we're gonna call it, yeah, the double bifecta. You can oh, box man. it that if you want to. I, I want to. I want to change mine so we all have different top of the ACC. My order is now <laughs> UNC one, Duke two, Louisville three. Ah, okay. Yeah, oh, that's actually probably very good. That's actually a bookable one. I, I didn't have the balls to pick UNC first. The well, first let's talk around. about North Carolina since we all are going to disagree on every single ranking from top to bottom. Let's just talk about <laughs> North Carolina. Let's throw it out there. If you're really yeah, re- relying on. Armando Baycott, the man I saw in Vegas with what are the down jackets unzipped and shirtless underneath walking down the strip <laughs> side by side with a 60 year old Elvis. Good luck. Uh, I was going to say, are we, are we getting to the bad part yet? Because all I hear is reasons they are going to win the conference. <laughs> is anybody oh, really man. explained why 
Hubert Davis is not only going to be as good of a motivator and an in-game coach, but he's just going to surpass Roy Williams. Even though he doesn't have himself on the bench as a right-handed man, I don't know who his right-handed man is. I I, I should know, right. but... It, Here's my... Are we sure? Why does everybody think this is going to be uh, the cat's meow? I have a lot of those this year. Why does everybody think Texas is going to be the best thing since sliced bread? There's so many I have of those. Why does everybody believe it's all going to come together for Notre Dame in year, what, four of this stupid class that we've had to endure for so long? Taylor. I think as a person who's perpetually an optimist about teams that are always disappointing, my take is that, like, because last season was so messed up, like, every team went on a COVID pause and then immediately came back and lost by 40 to some team that they shouldn't have. And, you know, that sort of thing, like, it was, it was just disjointed and there was a ton of movement. So there's like all these new transfers. Every team has like four transfers and new coaches and all this stuff that has created a hunger for that type of optimism, that type of like future, you know, there's so much more, there's more maybe new, more changes than there might be normally. So everybody's excited about that. Everybody's high on everybody in some respect. And so my, my version of that for UNC is that, uh, I kind of, you know, it's a stretch, but I kind of see the Hubert Davis as the, uh, you know, tubby year at Kentucky where he came in with Patino's players and won the national championship. Mm. Not quite right. Um, I, I love Dar- Dawson Garcia. I think he's a great pickup from Marquette. Brady Manning, solid. That's, you know, that's if you've ever seen Mike Daffy on a, on a YMTA rec court, Brady Manick is the super cyan version of Mike Daffy. Colonel <laughs> uh, Walton, great shooter. Armando Baycott, I love him. You know, I think he's solid. Justin McCoy, I don't know what he's going to do, but I wish him the best at his new home, you know? The only question mark I would say is they need a point guard. Caleb Love was bad last year. Yeah, he was bad. This is everybody like keeps talking about if Caleb Love is good, they'll be good, and that's true. I've always I mean that's especially been true of the Roy teams, especially true now. Like if Caleb Love makes the the leap, quote unquote, it'll be big. Everybody, I have obligatory mention of Leaky Black because everybody's like, oh, he's going to be the guy. It he's might be, be the year. Finally, same. he puts it together. I can't do but, it. I'll tell you what. I don't know where the defense is going to come from. And rebounding was what saved them last year, and that's always been the calling card. They only have one big, really, in the interior. What happened to the two-big system? I don't see it happening this year with North Carolina. I think that's going to be a huge adjustment. If they're not owning the glass by about 12 boards a game in the ACC, I mean, you're going to have to hit a lot of manic threes in pick-and-pop situations. I I don't see it, but maybe Mike does or Taylor. Well, I mean... Yeah. They, you I know, mean, I, I think they're the best shooting team in the ACC. I, I really do believe that. I mean, Caleb Love... Uh, 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 Syracuse um, is the best shooting I, team. What are you talking about? What are you talking I about? Think are, I think they're the best shooting team in the ACC. I don't think you have a lot of... Uh, teams that are geared to shoot the ball this year. I think it's going to be a, a defensive year in the ACC. It's going to be a mucky year, you know, in the ACC. And I think, I think UNC, you know, you mentioned Manic earlier. I think RJ Davis gets a lot better this year. Um, you know, I, I think that this is a team that can score and I think Hubert, Hubert turns him loose, man. Maybe even more so than Roy did. Um, I like well, Hubert says he's going to play. Hubert says he's going to play four in one out. And like, you know, Baycott's going to take threes and all this stuff. Like they're all going to be like uh, dropping threes. Well, and wait, wait, four in, one out? <laughs> that's or... not good. That's not good. Hold up. Yeah. I mean, sorry, four out, one in. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, Kerwin Kurt, Kurt Walton, I thought, was a, was a great shooter last year. And, yeah, let's rewind you know, that I'm tape. Four in, score. one out, and Baycott's the yeah. man out shooting threes. And everybody else is <laughs> rebounding and scrapping. Yeah, I like 
<laughs> I that's like that it. idea. That's the one. Caleb you know, loved the... putting people on the block. Yeah. Um, Look, and I, I mean, don't don't sleep on Dawson Garcia. He's pretty good in the paint. Got a nice little set of moves down there. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, it's a versatile team. I think it's going to give. Uh, it's going to give uh, the ACC headaches defensively. And I think, look, if you can score in the ACC this year, if you can get 80 consistently, uh, man, I'm telling you, there are, there's, I don't know anybody else that can do that. Yeah. Okay. I so really don't. Here's my final word on North Carolina. I picked them to win the national championship in 2017, right? Mm-hmm. I picked them fairly high in 2020. They finished last. I thought last year was going to be the rebound year. It wasn't. I just can't get back to the well again. So let's go to another team. And mm-hmm. I talked about all the other factors on the court. Like, can they defend anybody? Um, is it really going to be a good idea to overhaul multiple systems and adding and adding and adding new stuff and new stuff? And also no two bigs. And uh, they're not going to be as good of a rebounding team. So those are my um, stats. I could be completely off. This is a yeah. walk the plank scenario for me. I don't have them in my top four. You guys do. Who else do we have? Let's talk about the Florida State Seminoles, right? Oh, sure. Sure. The uh, always underestimated Florida State uh, Seminoles, man. I mean, nobody, no, nobody's ever going to put some respect on Leonard Hamilton's name, man. I tell you there. But man, did anybody in the, did anybody in the country lose more last year than Florida State? Okay. So Copavica, your boy's gone. Everyone. Raekwon Gray, my guy is gone. I thought he was actually coming back. That was like a late going to the bros type of a situation, which I was a right. bit upset at. Right, I think he got he got tapped or something. Somebody was like, hey, man, you can just go. I think he went early second round, right? Or maybe even late first. I, I don't pay attention to the second round of the NBA draft. Once the tournament's over, they're dead to you until they come <laughs> exactly, back. Exactly, right? yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and until they parachute back into the league like um, Kofi Coburn. But I, right, yeah. Here's my question. I like this roster. I think they have a better starting five than in years past. And last mm. year's team, are we really going to celebrate the guys who choked away the ACC regular season title and l- l- played one of the worst ACC finals you could imagine against that Georgia Tech team with about 28 turnovers? I don't know how. They were so sloppy. It was a disgrace. I know they won a couple games in the NCAA tournament, but I are we really going to miss all those guys? Is Leonard really going to miss all those guys? Ugh. I mean, I mean it- yes, <laughs> they were so talented. They were so talented. I mean, I don't know, man, if you're going to lean on polite Anthony polite this year to be that, um, you know, Terrence, uh, God, what was Ter- Terrence man, you know, type role, that Vassell role, um, Anthony polite is not that player. Anthony polite is a, is a role player. I mean, he is not a guy that's going to go out and get you buckets. You well, know? That's so, why they have Caleb Mills. Yeah. I was going to yeah, say, yeah, so he's got some skills. I think, I think the Caleb Mills pickup is a great addition. I think he's going to be really good. I've seen some like previews where people think he's not going to start. I can't imagine he doesn't start, right? He's got to start for them. I mean, I if think he's he not starting. That's a great sign. He was all conference for Houston before, you know, coming to FSU. So before he decided to transfer um, and Malik Osborne and Anthony Plate are like solid, good, like Leonard Hamilton players. And then they have the two recruits who I don't pretend to know about recruits. All I can say is they're five-star guys. And Jaylen your boy, Cameron Matthew Fletcher. Lee. Yeah. Cameron Fletcher who hardly, hardly Kentucky. played at UK. So we don't know. We don't know. But 
I, I just I'm kind of in between you guys in that. I feel like that like starting five could be pretty solid. And then it starts to have a lot of question marks and you get down to like Ray Quan Evans, okay, but like is Wyatt Wilkes gonna play a lot of minutes? Is oh, you know gosh, I hope not. In Gome, the guy who's played like two minutes, who's a seven foot center, I think from Senegal, who's played like two minutes, is he gonna play a bunch of time in the middle? Like are they just gonna play like five wings, six, six wings all the time? Like I just I, I maybe this is the same conversation well, we have with Florida State every year, but I I give Leonard Hamilton some credit. Like he's kind of in that echelon with Tony Bennett where you just like bet on the coach, not the team now. But uh I yeah, it does feel like they, they drop off a little bit after those first like four or five guys. They could switch everything. Malik Osborne's a name we haven't really mentioned. And they're a phenomenal home team. Uh, I think it's a fairly safe bet at number two. That's where mm-hmm. I have them. But mm. Nope. nope. Okay. Not this year. Man. All right. Okay. They don't. They don't. They don't do it this year. Not this year. Bad year for Leonard. Bad year. I'm, I th- I might have actually picked them fourth. I'd like to retract that. <laughs> yeah, I, I picked him fourth. Who would you like to substitute, Mike? Your choices well, who did are. I, have? I can't even remember. Notre Dame, UNC, Louisville was up there. Did I pick Florida State fourth. I should put Duke fourth. Yeah. I mean, Florida state is, I just don't, I don't, I don't buy it this year. I mean, I stand by it. Nobody lost more in the off season than, uh, than Florida state did every single player that you see on their roster today is a downgrade of the person that was in that position last year. Um, I think you blacked out during player. last year. You <laughs> just, just toasted all the I'm way up until you, March. And then you actually started watching basketball and had a great NCAA tournament run. Oh, I did have a great run. I, the the well, tournament last did. year was magical. It was phenomenal. Oh, it, was, it was one of my favorite tournaments of all time. Yeah, it really was. It dominated. It really let's let's talk about Louisville because that's the team I have third, and I'm assume that I like them a lot better than both of y'all. Okay, um, go for it. I don't know. Did go you watch it. any of their scrimmages? Because I did. This is Ooh. this is my build back better team of this year. And Chris Mack, get him on TikTok. Get him in some more video feuds with Cal. Get him, you know, posting from his basement, doing crazy stuff. Um, I, I, they've lost so much. Like Carly Jones and David Johnson were literally took about half their shots last year, so that's a lot. But mm-hmm. uh, I really like I like Samuel Williamson, pretty solid. I think Jalen Withers had like a couple games last year where he like just owned stuff for like. I'm in on Withers. I'm in on that. Um, I, Malik Williams. I mean, he's the he, same he guy. Hurt. He got hurt, only played a little bit. He's the exact same guy he was two, three years ago, and he's going to get yeah. hurt again, I, I guarantee it. Knock on wood, hopefully it doesn't. But... Yeah, I hope not. But, and then some of these, the, the question mark for me is like the starting point guard transfer, who's Jared West from Marshall. And I kind of am going with, I kind of like trust Chris Mack to put together the pieces since he's done it before. And I mean, I don't know much about Jared West, but like, he played in that D'Antoni Marshall offense where they just run and bomb threes. And he has pretty good like assist numbers. So I'm hoping that he can kind of just make it work. Um, they have a couple guys that L Ellis, who was a Juco all American seems to be a good three point shooter. And I just trust Chris Mack to, to put it all together. Maybe I've been hanging out with Guthrie too much, but somehow I've become a Chris Mack fanboy. And um, I like, I just like the pieces and I think he can put it together. I think they're balanced. Hmm. I like okay. all those notes. Okay. That's, a, that's a convincing pitch there, Taylor. Go and on, you pick it back on. Court. I hate to tell you yeah. guys, but you're wrong. But go ahead, yeah. Mike. <laughs> Hit me, yeah. 
Oh, and I didn't even mention, I even forgot to mention Noah Locke, the transfer from Florida, who like, great pickup. Noah Locke, okay. Okay, whatever. Great pickup. Whatever. You know, solid with the ball and a 40% three-point shooter. He's a great scorer. Why not just add that in, you know? Yeah. Just microwave it all. Microwave the entire team. Microwave it you all. You guys That's have what I'm lost your you. minds. Yes. If, did you learn anything from last year and all the microwavable teams with the transfer you're automatically in? That's why I don't understand why everybody thinks Texas is just going to like waltz to the Final Four. It's ridiculous. I, I don't believe in these microwave teams, and I don't believe in Louisville. I've watched a little bit of them, and I know their exhibitions, but they're just the same old, we're going to run really fast and look like athletic Louisville, but we're out of control, and we're going to hit the backboard on a few threes, but we'll get some rebounds, and we'll get some fouls. and It just looks disjointed. I don't see the shooting yeah. on this team. I think they are going to be up and down. Maybe, I mean, they'll grind defensively. But in, at the end, they just look like the same old Louisville we've seen every single Mac year, with the one exception being 2020, where they had something special, but he ruined it in the end and couldn't even win the league in 2020 with – um. Nuora and everybody else. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I think, just don't have any faith. What think, is Samuel Williamson going to figure it out? Uh, maybe, probably not. Might He's not even start. I mean, I think last year gets kind of a bad rap for them because they had stretches where they like lost a couple games, just like got blown out, like got ruined. But yeah, like they lost at Miami. That's unacceptable. But some of those were coming off like long pauses where they didn't practice for a while. Like everybody's yeah. season was messed up last year. Like take away some of those. I'm willing to forgive those, you know, and then and then their season looks a lot better. Like you feel a lot better about it without those losses. Yeah, I don't know, man. Louisville's a weird team. I mean, they're always pretty talented. I think Chris Mack does a good job with his sets and everything, you know. And, you know, when their offense is, is clicking, you know, they're they're getting all those mid-range shots that, you know, Wara really thrived off of two years ago. But you know, there's something so I I've never I still to this day have not gotten over the first round Minnesota loss um, a couple of years ago when they were just oh, absolutely bullied, absolutely bullied in that NCAA game. How and many live bets did you have in that game? I had about oh, two. So Gosh, I was chasing like you know somebody running with a baton, you know, trying to trying to catch that last leg, and I did not make it. You know, it was just what a nightmare that game was. That was the and first I game; it ruined our entire West Virginia trip. It really did. It really did. It really did. Um, it really took until like day three to come back from that. Um, and so you know, you still see that. I mean, last year it opened up four zero in the ACC, ended eight and five in the ACC. You know, they just in lost in the first round of the ACC tournament. You know, I mean, there there's a lack of closing um, with these Chris Mack Louisville teams where they seem like they have it together. They they they're good basketball teams, but they're they're never really able to be great basketball teams. And this is a year to be great for them. And what they're not even going to have Mac for some period of time. Yeah, I don't yeah, know no, I think that's games. a little bit of a problem, but maybe you guys don't. Yeah. Anyway, okay, that's enough on Louisville. Yeah. Let's go to Virginia Tech, a team who I have in my top four. You two do yeah. not have Virginia Tech in your top four, even though they have the most complete, well-rounded, the pieces fit starting five in all the league. And oh, wow. I think it's fine that Tyrese Radford is gone. I didn't like his demeanor and energy and how he fit into the Mike White 
No, I'm sorry. That that was such a Freudian slip. Mike Young, Bardman. They should not be. <laughs> Nobody fits with Mike White. I, yeah, I, just, fits with I Mike. can't stop talking about Mike White and my um, inclination to go against him on every single bet. But Mike Young's system, I think it's going to flow pretty well. Storm Murphy's going to be Jimmy Chitwood, and we're going to have like a Normandale asks Indiana Hoosiers team after the first couple of games, you know, when, when they really started to roll. So that's what I see Virginia Tech as. They need to stay healthy, obviously, because they don't have depth. But I, I think they're going to just play their five, their six, yeah. I mean, Luke, I have them – I think I picked them to finish fifth. And I. it's only that lack of depth that you mentioned keeping me from picking them a lot higher because I love their starting five, like you said. I mean, they're going to have three guys, Murphy, Hunter Couture, and then Aline, who are like – 40% plus shooters from three, just lighting it up. Justin Mutz, you know, solid guy, you know, whatever. And then Aluma, who could be the ACC player of the year, right? He was second in the preseason voting, and I feel like he's criminally underrated all the time. He is fantastic. But after that, I just get so worried about, I mean, like all these names. I'm going to just say names like Darius Maddox, Sean Padula. I don't know if I trust any of these guys, like, who are going to be coming after that starting five. And it does kind of make me worried, like, Eventually, they have to play some bench minutes, so I don't know. That's that's the reason I kept them out of my top four. But I really love that starting five, same as you. Good, Mike. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you guys. Uh, Luma is a first-team All-ACC guy, and I actually really like Mutt's game as well, and I thought Couture really did a great job coming on last year. But, I mean, I don't know. Just looking at their schedule, I – I, I wouldn't pick them above like a team like Virginia. You know, I just feel like the system of like a Virginia is so much uh, more solid. I, I mean, you know, I love, I love what they've done at Virginia tech. I mean, I love storm Murphy is the Wofford transfer, you know, I mean, I just, I like all the stories of it, but you know, I don't know, man, I, I can understand why people like Virginia tech this year. I mean, they look good on paper, but I don't know, without Radford, and, you know, I even liked guys like Jalen Cohn last year. I mean, I hate to admit I, it. I did, I did you know? too. I know. Can't believe and, we're all saying even, this. Yeah, even Beatty, you know, I thought no, Phil No, 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 you've gone too far. It's too far. Stop it. You're done. I mean, I think it's good that he left. That's kind of like addition by subtraction, sadly. Oh, no, that's unfair. That's unfair. He doesn't deserve that. Okay, let's go on to Virginia while we're talking about the Commonwealth teams, okay? Talking about a team who doesn't have very much depth, if any depth at all. I think that's going to be their major issue this year. We talking about Virginia Tech or Virginia? No, Virginia. Both of the teams I don't oh. think are going to have any depth. I mean, the pieces fit yeah, for Virginia together, too. But... Together, they're an excellent team. Yeah. You add them together. <laughs> you know, man. Together, you got like a solid 10-man roster apart, man. Yeah, like, they might ooh. be able to finish second, you know, that 10-man roster. No. The uh, case for Virginia yeah. hanging around is a revitalized defense. Um, apparently, the coaching staff really likes what they have defensively. They're going to have three really locked down perimeter defenders in Franklin, Clark, and Beekman, and they all have different skill sets. So they can match up against pretty much any guard or any wing in the country who is going to be a guy who's within their height registrar. So they're mm-hmm. going to have great perimeter defense. The interior is a huge question. Um, can they figure out the rebounding? Can they score? That's number one, obviously. And the case for they're going to be fine is Reese Beekman will be initiating the majority of the offense. He'll have the keys. Clark will have some initiation. Franklin every now and then. But it's all about the Beekman leap year. 
Uh, he's flowing pretty well out there. So smooth. He's gliding around the court. Can he make his threes? Does it really matter? Because I think he's going to be touching the paint for the majority of the time. I think they challenge for number four. Maybe five, six. Anywhere in that range. That's where I see this team. What about what about Gardner, Luke? What do you think about him? Because I kind of feel like... I mean, I want him to be good. And he seems like he should be good. And he feels like emotionally, which is all that matters to me. I don't care about stats, right? You know? Uh, he feels like the kind of Virginia guy who ends up thriving with them just like a, a pretty physical like skilled like kind of undersized front court guy but ends kind up of he's really six well. six he's six six, six, seven. six seven i think on the on the statue you know i think he'll do well against a lot of the teams such as carolina i think he'll feast on them i think he'll struggle against duke obviously i think they're just too big and too athletic and too strong i think he'll struggle against florida state so it's going to be feast or famine and I think there's enough softer, smaller teams that he'll be able to be effective, but just not against the, the couple I mentioned. Are, are any of the guys that aren't in that, like, top four, I think we've only talked about the four guys, like, is Shedrick going to, like, show us anything That's big? That's the biggest question, you know, yeah. If, do you believe in it or not? I, I don't, don't know. I, in, I, like, don't know. I don't believe in it like it. a lot of UVA fans do, but I think it'll be solid Okay. enough. I mean, that's all he needs to be, right? Uh, the question is, where's the shooting coming from? Yeah. Well, Franklin was a good shooter right. at Indiana, but are they going to be able to free him up? I'm not counting on it from Beekman or Clark, but they could surprise a little bit. And then are, from there, you're looking at like Cody Stabman. I was going to say, it's not Cody a great Stabman's... place to be. It's not, it really no. isn't. So, is yeah. he going to get a ton of minutes? I guess he's going to have to, right? Or Carson McCorkle. <laughs> I mean, and I don't, I don't feel happy about that. Anyway. You guys sound so sad. It's like you're so dejected. You know, doesn't I mean listen it's, to all the things a, you're saying about it's these It's a valley year, okay? It is. Yeah, I mean, uh, it just it just really makes me feel like the UNC pick to win it all is just the clear pick. I mean, just think about Florida State, Louisville, UVA, Virginia Tech trying to get up and down the floor and score points against you know, this North Carolina team that's going to have so many it's options. It's so just, easy to slow down a team compared know, to speed man. them up. I mean, we've seen that with Virginia and North Carolina. In the last, what, 10 regular season games? Anyway, mm-hmm. next team. I think it's time to talk about the Syracuse Orange. This is family. Oh. We need lots of family, family. <laughs> hashtags. This is us. This is family. The Bayheims. Uh. Taylor, what's your favorite quote from last year? This guy's great, but I love my son. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give me my son. Dude, I, I wrote in my notes that Syracuse is the Toretto family edition. You know, there's like a lot that. in life they love, but family is number one. They li- And they live life a quarter mile at a time. So. <laughs> you wrote that down? <laughs> oh, I wrote all this time and more. You don't want to know all this stuff. Yeah, you decided that was worth saving, huh? Okay. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, look, I don't even know what Jimmy's going to look like. I, I watched a YouTube video of Jimmy scoring 25 points against Coppin State recently. And, uh, I mean, he, he obviously he didn't play at all last year because the Ivy League didn't have a season. But uh, yeah. it did not seem like a game that translates to 25 points in the ACC. That's what I'll say. <laughs> and he's, you know, like, is, I don't, is he going to start? I don't even know. Like, is he going to be running, get a lot of run? I don't know. He, you know, he's not like Buddy, right? He's not a shooter, really. He will shoot, I guess, some. But – He's more like an interior guy, but a, 
you know, the kind of like guy who gets blocked and then gets the rebound off the block and then puts it back in the second time around, okay. which is something I witnessed against Coppin State. A couple questions with this analogy because I'm going to run with it, right? Okay. Is Quincy Garrier Vince for just defecting and betraying the family? Yes. Huge loss. Yes. Huge loss. I think that's a good yes. analogy, right? Yes. Maybe he'll pop up in a, a year in Brazil, right? With a wife and, <laughs> and a family of his own. Secondly, who's Joe Girard? Is he like the nerdy guy who lost the race and bet his dad's car or whatever? You know, I'm talking about in, in Fast One. In the, yes. in the white I mean, car. Oh, you know, the guy, I, I, you know, you know, engines make me calm. That guy. Dude, <laughs> I have always been kind of a Joe Girard hater. And everybody's a Joe Girard hater. Well, no, people even... used to love him. I feel like I, you guys both on this podcast last year were I like, did. Joe Girard is I know. so great. I might have put him honorable mention no, in the preseason. <laughs> no, he's always been terrible. He's always been inefficient. He's always been not a good defender for the Bayheim zone. He's always been a guy who purports to shoot threes because he's a white lunch pail guy. Heavy air quotes right here. But he can't actually shoot. And he's everybody wants him to be Jerry McManera. Jerry McManera. Whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Everybody wants him to be Jerry. Can't even say his name. It's like but Martini Jerry ain't walking four. through that door. Like he ain't Jerry. So okay. I don't know. Whatever. This team Sorry. is not gonna play a lick of defense, but they're gonna shoot the lights out. They are the best shooting team in the league. And I'm just there for the ride. I don't I don't know where they're gonna finish, but they're just more interesting to talk about than NC State, who should, we should probably go to next. Well, let's just say some names. Cole Swider for for uh Syracuse, good pickup from Villanova. Benny Williams supposed to be good as yeah, a freshman. Everybody loves know, Benny you know, Williams. So. Not as much yeah. as everybody loves Theo John, but it's close. Who, Jesse Edwards, is he going to be good? This is a question for both of you. Like people seem really high on him. Syracuse people, I think, expect him to be like the guy, or not the guy, but make a big jump. I don't know. Is he going to be good? Flashes at the end of last season. Um, I don't know. I mean, these are all just names to me, and they just all sound like names that aren't going to be competitive in the ACC. So, you know, I mean, I don't know, man. I've I've lost all the faith in Bayheim. Um, I just, it's he should have gone out somewhere in between Roy Williams and Coach K, you know. But he's there for his sons, so you know, let him do that. I guess. I mean, I'm kind of with Luke. Like, I could see him by the end of the season really picking up and having like one of the best offenses in the ACC, like maybe yeah. the most, the top offense in the ACC and just having a defense that's like kind of enough or not enough to like sneak them. Into they are going to have like, some bloopers though yeah. in November, December, and January. Bloopers, trust me. <laughs> okay, NC State. It's the same this is the NC year. State. This is the and year. Now it's the same no. Keats NC State that we see every single season. Taylor, why don't you go ahead? All right, this is my my advice to uh, Kevin Keats, you know, the love of my life. Um, drawn from my favorite piece of reading in the past decade that I described to you guys, the, the Twitter thread from a year ago about Del Curry getting divorced uh, to his <laughs> wife of 20 years, which is I tell him, go listen to Lemonade and pray about it, a.k.a. they pegging out here. Um, and, I, and I say that because, <laughs> like... I want NC State to be good. I just feel like this is the you – know, NC State is always hyped in my mind and then always disappoints. And this is like the least hyped, possibly most disappointing of the versions of NC State. I mean, Cam Hayes like just feels like exhibit A of that. Like, like who's on the is, poster? That's what I know. I need to know. How many guys are on the poster? 
And did they it's just put them all on the poster? Just well, you know, line them up? I haven't seen it, but if there's any justice in this world, it'll be Manny Bates. Because Manny Bates, put some respect on his name, did not get a single right. like all ACC preseason media vote. And I would Ridiculous. put him over at least four guys on the second team. Like, and I, I think is, maybe maybe deserved ACC Defensive Player of the Year over uh, Jose Alvarado. You know, I, I thought mean, Bates was amazing last year. Yeah, if if NC State is does anything of note, Manny Bates should be an All ACC Player hands down. And and then it will have to come from also like Jericho Hellums and Cam Hayes will both have to take like a step, like people are talking about. Your old friend like Casey Marcel, like Casey are talking about the steps. From Jericho. Yeah, well, you know, people, people are talking. Um, <laughs> so, you, you know, that it's just a lot of, I, I think the sense is that uh, Keats is going to like um, take the brakes off for lack of a better term. And they're going to play faster than they did last season. And kind of like, like, even though they lost a lot of scoring, you know, they're going to like just yeah, they try lost to play DJ. Fast. Right. They lost DJ and they lost uh, Devin Daniels. You know, they're, they're going to, um, they're going to just like try and play really fast and, and get back to it. So I, I'm just worried that they don't have the talent to really rise out of that mid tier. Wow. That's coming from you too. Yeah. Yeah. Man, That's not a good that sign. Is, that is really sad. That's so very sad. there's without a doubt that they're going to finish in the top four this year. I know. Well, <laughs> maybe I'm reverse, maybe I'm reverse jinxing them. Maybe this is the way they finally yeah. win the league. Right? Cause I mean, I do think that Helms is a, is a great kind of stretch three, four, you know, he's big enough to rebound. He can score the basketball and Cam Hayes remind, you know, you kind of blew past him a little bit. I mean, Cam Hayes kind of reminds me of Cam Johnson. Is it Cam Johnson? Um, Cam uh, Thomas from LSU last year. Um, just kind of a kind of score whenever you want guard. Um, and I think Manny Bates is, is really solid inside. Obviously it's just, you know, do they actually, does the Keats system really foster role players? You know, it really doesn't seem like it does. Also, um, does he have tenure? So, I, I thought he'd be gone maybe a year ago or so. He might have tenure. Yeah, th- we might just keep running yeah. this back for the rest of our podcast history. I'm okay with it. <laughs> okay, let's go on to, uh, unless you have something else to say, Mike. No, 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 you no, have nothing else to say. I, so let's, I worry that this might be the last year for Kevin if it, he doesn't make the turn. At long last, let's go to this ridiculously pathetic Notre Dame team. Oh, oh it's yes. the golden recruiting class. They're finally going to mm-hmm. put it together. Didn't Mike break promise this was going to happen last year? Right? Uh, probably. It didn't happen. But COVID, you know, COVID. Oh, okay. All right. So they're installing a new <laughs> defense, right? They're installing I've heard. a pack, right? Yeah, they're running the back line. <laughs> they're running the back line. Let me tell you something. Be- Here's what's going to happen what I see. on defense. <laughs> These guys have been so trained not to touch people or play any kind of physical defense that when they're trying to slide and maybe switch, it's just going to open up a hole that a truck can drive through all the way to the rack. Mm -hmm. And then they're all going to be staring around looking at each other. I think you're one of a defensive change, especially with that core, the golden recruiting glass as we've come to know them. It's just going to be a disaster on defense. Can they score? Yes. Prentice Hub, um, I think he's one of the most overrated scorers out there. I think he is a garbage time guy. I also think that he's empty calories when it comes to scoring. I've never been a Hub guy. I still am not. And uh, you guys can go ahead and try to uh, refute all my claims. No, Luke, I'm 
I'll go first because I know then I want Mike to have the you know closing argument here. But Luke, I'm <laughs> I, in 100% agreement with you. You have made fun of me year after year for hyping up Prentice Hub. I was the conductor on the Hub hype train, and uh, I was wrong. You were right. Um, and he is not efficient enough of a player to be the lead shot taker for a team that's going to like win the ACC <laughs> or even finish in the top five. Like he's just not. I mean. He is the Joe Girard of Notre Dame. Okay, so it's not a recipe for success. Um, I, I peaked at Ken Palm's like season, preseason ratings, you know, already up for this year. And then he has Notre Dame 27th overall and the sixth rated offense in the nation. I was like, wow, Ken, calm down. I know it's just the numbers, but ease up. And I mean, I would say, yes, that's kind of what it's going to be like Lashevsky, whatever, all this kind of stuff. Yes they're going to have a very good offense and a very bad defense is, is kind of how I think. And fool me once and all that. I just, you know, it's the same guys and it might be the same outcome. Why should it be any different? Right? Like, man, yeah, I don't look see at it. You guys look at you. All, all right, go ahead. Oh, look Mike. at us. Go ahead. Michael. Look at us here. All right. Well, first of all, you guys have to, you guys have to remember how I judge, uh, how I judge wins and losses. I mean, are you going to beat the line or are you going to, you're going to lose to the line? You know, I'm a gambler at heart, you know? So to me, Notre Dame is by far the best value that you can find in the ACC in 21, 22. All right. I mean, they're going to, and obviously I'm in love with scoring. I think any team that can score the basketball this year in the ACC is going to have tremendous success. I mean, I think North, North Carolina will be the best at it. I think Notre Dame will be right behind them. Um, you know, I do think that they have great guard play. You guys already kind of mentioned hub. You guys didn't really oh, mention Cormac Ryan yet. Guard play. Um, wow. I mean, they, they cannot stop anyone though. I mean, you know, they, they're defensively, they have nobody down low. Okay. I mean, Nate Lashevsky is a stretch for, you know, he barely rebounds the basketball. They have the Yale transfer, Paul Atkinson, who I actually really like, I think he's a skilled scorer um, and, and will rebound the ball decently, but they have no one else inside. I mean, it's going to be easy buckets all day. Um, but you know what? That's not going to matter against my friend, the line. Okay, because they are going to put up points when you need them. I mean, I think I can't even believe I'm about to say this. This is going to be Dane Goodwin's year. I'm going to try to say this with a straight face. <laughs> Dane Goodwin is going to average 15 a game, and he's going to be third team All ACC, and I'm going to be so happy for him. All right. Um, and Nate Lashevsky is going to be a first team All ACC player. And I think that's going to be all Mike Bray needs. I think he gets in as a eight seed in the tournament. I think they make the Sweet 16 and, you know, whatever. I think they they have the best number against the line all year. Um, so there's your argument for uh, Notre Dame points and just the acceptance of not really playing defense. They'll learn the new system that'll confuse some people. And they got, and they have the best schedule in the ACC as well. So, so there you go. There's my, there's my Notre Dame. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yep. This is the ACC yep. Basketball Degenerates Podcast. Yep. Basketball Degenerates. Can we just end the podcast there? After that, Mike <laughs> Notre Dame hogwash baloney sandwich. Or should we go on to the next team who could be I don't know, where are we? Um No, that is the end of the ACC. There that's are it? no other teams. Okay, let's, let's talk about <laughs> Dude, the hogwash sandwiches. Are we in Brownell territory yet? Or a passenger territory. Oh, oh I, man. 
I thought we were going to talk about Jim, but all right, yeah, let's do. Yeah. Oh, stop it! You you guys cannot be seriously on this Miami team. I am. I have. Wong is like Predis Hub, except he's just like the down south version. It's like the South Beach uh, Predis Hub. I have Miami above both uh, the teams you mentioned there, Clemson and who was the other one? Georgia Fine, Tech. let's talk about Miami. Get on your okay. tracksuit. DJ Khaled's wow. here, and we're about <laughs> to go jet skiing with this team who was just an embarrassment last year. What was that non-conference game they were playing against? I don't know, like a D2 team, and they couldn't even cover uh, one point. You mean Florida Gulf Coast? That oh, they yeah, lost that to? one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> The one that I after they beat they came out and beat Purdue and I was like I knew it they're the <laughs> team I always thought they'd be and then Florida Gulf Coast happened and they went on to lose I think uh like th- they went three and thirteen I think for the for the then they gave Florida State one March. really good game I think last year which was the trap yeah. of all traps it was the Venetian day for the yeah, ACC yeah I don't know I, I it ended up it, being like, not that close though. Yeah, I really? think they ended up losing by twenty. Are you yeah. serious? No, they lost they, for like fifteen. They, they played or a close game against Virginia Tech. That was their oh, that's yeah, that's the one. I forgot. Okay, I mean, and Duke. look, they, played- they beat Duke. They beat Louisville. Mm-hmm. They beat NC State, and they beat Purdue. Those are the the claim to fame. I mean, also last year, like everybody on the team was injured, and they were still covering spreads. I mean, a good a good bet against the spread oh, last yeah. year for a lot of the time. Yeah. Um. You know they lost lost some guys, but do you do you remember your mantra for last year, Taylor? Yeah. It was a very specific mantra. If they were getting what was it? If they were getting double digit points, and they were on the road, I think they also had to be on the road. Do you remember exactly what? It yeah, was? it happened all the time because everybody. Yeah, if they were like eight and one, and they covered. That, yeah, against I mean, number. yeah, they were great. Isaiah Wong, I believe in him. He's a scorer. Also, Cameron Rogusty, pretty decent. Charlie Moore, I like Rogusty. Nor- I actually do. Yeah, and Charlie Moore is normally a guy I would hate, like a transfer from DePaul. He's very high usage, low efficiency, you know, kind of like a gunner. But for Miami, for this team, I mean, uh, he could be useful, right? And then, Can can I ask an off-topic question real quick to Mike, though? Are you playing like speed chess over there, or is this like around the horn on ACC basketball degenerates? What is that noise? Are you mouse clicking? You hear me clicking? Somebody's clicking clicking something. Oh, that's me. That's me. Oh, is that a nervous <laughs> tick? I'm, I'm flipping my tabs back and forth between our video to see oh. your lovely faces and my notes. Yeah. Ow. Oh, oh. Well, that won't be super annoying. <laughs> is that loud? Is it really loud? <laughs> it's been that loud the entire podcast, but there's no going back now. I, I always said we should never get good mics. <laughs> okay. Um. I, I have nothing to say about this team. I will say that I think that Wong is going to be in I got this mode. And I'm gonna try to put up 25 a game, and I'm gonna take a million mm-hmm. shots, and yeah. I'm going to be um, a little bit better of a Michael Devell, just a little bit better of that version. I'm gonna wear pink shoes and shoot from the half court line when I feel like it, and just hit the backboard <laughs> I mean, all the that's, time. That's kind of unfair. I think it's good that they have okay. Charlie we'll Moore there, who will take the ball out of Wong's hands right. and let Wong like create in it. We'll in see. Off ball a little bit, yeah. Guys, you guys haven't even said the words dang gak yet, you know, and that's a mistake. So Well, their their front court is their is the weakest part of the How team, tall is their front honest. court? Are they like Jared Jaden Gardner, territory six six, six seven? I mean yeah. the problem well, is that all close. these guys like Dang Gak, Sam Wardenberg, whoever else 
they're all guys who have had like catastrophic injuries or who have played like three minutes a game um and like you know are completely unproven and are just the only thing you can say about them is that they're tall yeah and and that's rodney miller you know i mean warden wardenberg isn't even going to be like a stopper defensively interior He's not that guy, you know. So I mean, we're we're a long way away from the days of Jakiri, just yeah. you know, jumping on people's faces and blocking shots into the third row. I mean, it's we've we've come a long way from those days, you know. I think you know the the ACC is about to see quite the uh, transition in coaches. You know, you have what like nine Hall of Fame coaches; they're all going to retire here in the next year or two. What is the ACC going to look like? You know, I think Larinaga has got to be on that list um, along with, you know, I guess Keats isn't a Hall of Famer, but he'll be gone. Beheim, Coach oh. Williams will be gone. You know, I Bennett will stick around, I guess, if he wants to. You know, I mean, there's going to be a lot of transition in the ACC. This ACC that you know today, I think, is going to look very different. This is a swan song, I think, not just for Coach K, but for – Several coaches in the ACC. So it's a big time farewell tour. Okay, I'm, I can buy that. Big time. Let's talk Everybody's- about a man who's going to be staying and outliving us all. And I'm not just talking about uh, his <laughs> lifespan. I'm talking about his basketball coaching career, Josh Pastner. It's I was t- about to say, is it the face shield? Because he t- is a survivor. You know, it really it protected him well, better than all the <laughs> other masks of all the other yeah. coaches. So let's talk mm-hmm. about the face shield just coming off the, the coaching year of his life. He, you know, deflected the false allegations and scandal that came against him. He turned the tide and threw those um, lawsuits right back at his accusers. I couldn't be more proud of Josh Bassner at this point. He's um, owning weight gain like nobody else. Mm -hmm. And um, somehow he got a a team which had Michael DeVoe in the backcourt to win the ACC tournament, which is an all-time achievement. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the sky's still the limit for this man. I'm not going to underestimate him, even though we have him pretty far down the totem pole. Yeah. I mean, let's be clear. When he won the ACC tournament, he had to win two games, one of, one of which was against Miami. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> so, you know, let's not. I mean, I'm very happy for Josh Pastor. Yeah, they but, hung that banner, man. You know. It's up there in that um that weird uh, uh, walk down the plank down the plank all the way into the catacombs of McCamish Pavilion but mm-hmm. you know Moses Wright is not going to be replaced it's impossible right. he's your ACC player of the year even though it was a really weak uh, ACC player of the year race and then Alvarado who was everybody's how many ACC fans tweeted this last year or exclaimed this or you know talked to the bar with their fellow ACC basketball degenerates about oh Jose Alvarado is my favorite player, not on my team. Yeah, yeah was, everybody loved him. Everybody did, but I feel I feel like you know Pastner and Alvarado went hand in hand. You know, they were always buddy, but like they clearly had a lot of love for each other as player coach. Um, and then those like kind of transcendent love of other fan bases also like gravitated to them. Like there was no duo more in favor um across uh you know college basketball especially acc basketball last year than the two of them yeah um, i mean yeah big losses big losses for georgia tech yeah and it's gonna hurt devoe too because i mean luke i think you called him like what a garbage time guy devoe like 
Uh, just a bricklayer, actually. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's going to be harder for him because he doesn't have Alvarado on right to take the focus away from him. Oh, he's he's going to be letting it fly. Don't you worry. There were some just, games that I almost um, broke my TV back in Georgia Tech and watching J- DeVoe just throw up air balls and trash and going like 0 for 10 when you had Alvarado around, when you had right, when you had plenty of other options. But I don't know. That's just me. I, be- I just feel like I'm I'm lower on them than I think both of you guys just because I feel like I don't oh, quite I'm, I'm trust- low on them. Don't you worry. Okay. I don't quite trust Pastner yet. Like nobody had a better pandemic for his on court and for his personal image than Josh Pastner ever since he hit that COVID pinata. But like uh, the other guys like Bubba Parham and Jordan Usher are all guys who like have one great play a game, one highlight reel game. And then I feel like they disappear. And I just like, I, I don't know where the scoring is going to come from. As much as Passner hangs his hat on defense, I can't see it being as good as it was last year. Um, no, they're not going to be good. They're going to be really bad. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's go to Clemson. Yeah. Can Clemson yeah. grind a couple yeah, I trust them better. wins I trust out Clemson to finish more. above yeah. Georgia Tech? That is the main question because those two, I think, are, are hand-in-hand. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Clemson has a much better chance of being um, – being a stronger team, maybe even than like a, a Virginia, you know, I think at least they have the backcourt play, you know, to, to sustain themselves. Um, you know, I just, I, I don't know, you know, Georgia tech, which Hainzik's had on defense, obviously, you know, with, uh, with passing. I mean, I think that Brownell has actually done a much better job um, than Georgia Tech and Passner in years past. And I, you know, I just, I don't know. Dolls and honor to me are, our solid little back. Oh, you love McConaughey. I this, know you do. Yeah, I did. I did love that. Just a rational yeah, I mean, who love. doesn't love a, a transfer who believes he's one thing and in actuality he's maybe another? <laughs> he's just like an English bulldog out there, just like, um, you know, running around trying to tell people that he's he's tall. You know, I mean, well, um, yeah, they lost the heart and the soul Sims, of the team, though, in Amir Sims. Yeah, Sims is gone. Yeah, Sims is he's gone. A problem. And, that, and that hurts him really badly. But, um, you know, I still think it's a team that's going to have a lot of fight. Uh, they're not going to be very good, but they'll be better than the bottom of the ACC, you know. They play Duke twice. Tech. They play FSU yeah. twice. They play Virginia and Notre Dame, your ACC champions, Mike, twice. So. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, they're not going to keep up with any of them. So, but I mean, it's have... a, in my opinion, it's a six-win year here for Clemson. I mean, well, they get a BC twice, so BC. that might be yeah. two. I, yeah, yeah, I think exactly. they'll be better than six. But uh, yeah. I don't really have much to say about the, the bottom. Who's going to be the worst team in the league? That's what I'm more interested in. I have the Pitt Panthers as my worst team in the league. They've got a bad in-game coach, and they've got a bunch of mid-major rejects. That's what I want to call the Pitt Panthers this year. I mean, for goodness sakes, if they had Champagne and they were finishing near the bottom and Xavier Johnson for years, what is Capel going to do? I don't know. doesn't know how to drop a, a play to save his life with all these mid-major rejects who are transferring in and he's gonna have he's like the the poor 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 man's version of the louisville cardinals Mm. i'm surprised they were even able to field the team it didn't look like it was good i mean how many did they have at the end of last year i mean they had all kinds of people leaving i mean what a this feels like i I don't know i didn't feel like it could get worse than stallings but man this capel run has been absolutely brutal i mean 
he's got to be looking at John Shire like, man, like, why did I come here? <laughs> you know, as as a Coach K farewell tour moves through Pittsburgh, um, I I don't know if there's been a a worse job taking over a, a prominent Power Five program than Capel kind of coming in. I mean, the bar was low. Stallings was awful. Um, Is um, and somehow they're just as bad. When does Duke visit? the Oakland Zoo this year? Mm. Because here's my question if they do. Is Kay going to run over to the pit fans and lecture them and scream at them with like a face from the pits of hell about, he's one of us, he's one of you? Because that would be poetic. That would be just a wonderful part about the farewell tour. Can't you just imagine that? Uh, That would be great. Yeah, he does. I mean, man, Kay... Kay has so much stuff to, you know, he needs to pay for, you know, people need to call. Nobody's going to call him out. He's just going to retire and then he's going to be done. And nobody's going to have called him out on any of this stuff, except it's just going to be re, you know, in history, people looking back, calling, calling him out on some of this, you know, okay. Like nobody actually ever called him out to his face and that's how it's yeah. going to end. Well, it's time to take a look at Guthrie's Wake Forest, Steve Deacons, who actually have well above pits. Yeah. And maybe a sleeper to eclipse Georgia Tech or Clemson, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, I think this is a good year. It's a good year for the uh, Steve Forbes coached Wake Forest team. I think they have promise this year. I think, you know, right behind, you know, (laughs) in my my spread picks, you know, it's probably going to be Notre Dame, UNC, and I think Wake Forest is probably going to be third against the spread of the ACC this year. I mean, I, I really like them. I think that they have a lot of talent, even though, I mean, last year was just like, was an absolute, I don't know, struggle. Just, you know, a lot of people learning to play the game. It feels like, uh, who was the Bodie Miller uh, point break Carter kid? Witt. Car- oh Carter my Witt. gosh. The kid that they brought up at it. He was like, he was at like prom one weekend and the next weekend he was like playing against Roach. And I was like, I've never seen a more like mismatched person. I mean, that's not a joke. He left high school early, halfway through his senior year of high school to start and play early. He was supposed to come the next year. That was a mistake. (laughs) That was a mistake. But, you know, I I do like their, the elements around uh, the team now. I mean, I like, I like Musius. Is that right? Um, And, you know, Masood. And they got a couple transfers. You guys probably help me out with the names. I think they have power five transfers, actually. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say, so I actually. And I like Steve Forbes. I, I like the ETSU model, too. I mean, I think, I think they get highly athletic this year. And I think they, I think they play well. I think they score. I think Wake is going to finish above not only BC and Pitt, but I think also above Clemson, um, mm. who I don't really like. I'm, I, with I'm you a too. Nick Honor truther, but I, I don't like any of the. They're losing too much, uh, but like they they the the transfers you mentioned, like Luke said, they are power conference guys. Like Kadeem Sai returning to the ACC. Oh yeah, you know, from Sai, Ole Miss, he's a nice answer. player. Yeah, uh, I like him. from Colorado and Oklahoma. Some of these guys, they're they're good, and then. Jake Laravia, who had scored a ton of points in the Missouri Valley Conference. I don't I don't know if that's going to transfer. Um, and then Williamson and Mucius are kind of like the steady guys from last season. And Mike, you know, Carter Witt, I, a little unfair to him. He was really bad last year, like not very good at all. It, it, it looked bad. I'm hoping that he will get better because he literally did get pulled out of high school like half a year early to come play immediately in the ACC. So, 
you know, I, 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 I trust Steve Forbes here. So I, I think mm-hmm. they're going to finish above that, that bottom of Pitt, BC, Clemson, and maybe even Georgia Tech. Does mm-hmm. anybody know anybody on the Boston College basketball team? And I'm talking about coaching staff oh, no. and um, players as well. Oh, Does no. anybody, can you name one without looking? Earl Grant. No. I can name Earl Grant, the new coach, and then the guy from Providence, Makai Ashton Langford, who's always been a little like, hmm, a little disappointing for what you would have hoped, right? That's good enough mm-hmm. to take them over Capel and uh, the biker waves. So I'm going to blindly go out on the limb or the plank of the year and say BC does not finish last. How about that? Yeah, I, I'm going it's with good Pitt enough at the for me. Too. Yeah. Pitt's my mm-hmm. worst team. Okay, with that said, guys, here's what we're going to do we're going to do a few segments this year, and I'm going to just give one liners because we don't have too much time left, but. This year on Overrated, we're going to do this week on Overrated pretty much every single time we record a podcast. This year on Overrated, I'll start with Mike Jaffe. Anywhere in the country, you don't have to go inside the ACC. You don't even have to go inside basketball. This year on Overrated. Go ahead. As in, like, somebody that's overrated, like, for the year? Do you need, like, an I example? Mean, I, okay, fine. I'll give an example. Yeah, I can't give me believe an I'm example. This I to need, you, you this, gotta lead me. This lead year me. on Overrated, the Texas Longhorns. Oh, okay. it's the most gotcha. ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. How much love this team is getting. They're like, oh, look at all the talented transfers they got. Yeah, the talented <laughs> transfers who, what, averaged like, I don't know, seven points a game last year, right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, just, they- it, Beard <laughs> has to install a new system to deny the middle. It That's, if we're talking about microwave teams, I don't know why everybody has them number two in the country, final lists, final four, national championship. It's ridiculous. So uh, that's just an example, but you continue with overrated. Mm. All right, fine. I mean, I you know I'm really tempted to go with uh, Ted Lasso season two. Let me tell you, very overrated. Not not a great show for me. Um, but you know what? I'm gonna actually go with. I'm gonna go in a different direction. I'm gonna go with uh, Johnny Juzang uh, for UCLA. You know, I thought he was red hot last year. I I don't think I don't think Juzang is a great player. I don't think he's going to be great this year. I don't think he's a shot creator. I thought he got hot at the right times. He made a lot of really tough shots. I think he's – is he preseason second team All-American? Oh, yeah, for sure. This year, I, I think that's way too high. I don't think he gets even close to that. I don't think he makes first team all uh, Pac-12. I, I just – I don't see it. Juzang is uh, is criminally overrated in my mind. Um, give me uh, – Give me Jack Wes or whatever uh, all day over Jaquez. Oh yeah, I'm everybody's on Jaquez, Vasquez, yeah, Jaquez. So, yeah. All right, Taylor. Yeah, exactly. This year on Overrated. Let's hear it quickly. Uh, my real answer was going to be Prentice Hub in the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. That, that's still oh, an available answer. It's still on the board. You can select it. It's not available. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's it's still available. That, that's, it's not available. That's the real answer. That's my you know you know short answer version. But my long form answer is that it's. Following a you know a recent dive into some message boards, it's this podcast without Guthrie Alexander. Justice for <laughs> Guthrie, free Guthrie. He's the be- he was the best part of us, and we we left him behind because of creative differences. Let's uh, let's be honest. If Guthrie was on this podcast right now, he still would have got a wording because you guys just talk all the time. <laughs> I mean, for all you know, he was he's been on the podcast well, the whole no, time. I'll tell you <laughs> what, I would have done this. I would have saved Guthrie for the Dune preview that we were going to get to, but we're going to have to punt until uh, next episode. 
And then oh, I was just going to mute both of your bikes, and I was just going to let him go to the town on <laughs> the new motion picture adaptation bring him back for Dune. an episode. The spice must flow. Okay, finally, this year on Don't Trust Fill in the Blank. For me, it's Don't Trust People Who Decorate for Halloween. It's been oh. reinforced to the 10th power just a couple of weeks ago. That's where I stand. What about you guys for Don't Trust I, this year? I mean, you... You are um, you are attacking a, a suburban holiday, sir. With that Halloween, Halloween is like a, a two week long event, you know, in the in the suburbs of this great country. I mean, um, yeah, I, I don't know what what not to trust. Um, uh, Travis uh, Scott when he gets up in the cherry picker, that's another one oh, on the list. Gosh, yeah, what a tragedy that was. Um, okay, I don't know, Taylor. What don't you trust? You you seem like way too trustworthy just in general. Yeah, what do you, what do you not trust? I, I feel personally attacked by the Halloween decorations thing. I mean, <laughs> you're talking to a family who carved like six different jack-o'-lanterns. There's nothing wrong with jack-o'-lanterns. Lights. If you start putting cobwebs in your yard and trash bags and ghosts and witches, then you're out. We had uh, ghosts hanging in the trees. Oh, of course you did. This is so typical. Uh, we we oh, had inflatables, geez. like, that. you know, that, like blow up and move around i wish we had like a used car okay never mind i'll I'll say uh, you know what you don't trust don't trust this uh jim Beheim, you know niceness i'm cool and funny and like approachable and likable tour that he's doing this kind of like repainting of history jim Beheim is a terrible person he's just he's an awful person don't let him convince you otherwise he's he's in bed with coach k you know they're all monsters they're all sociopaths you know don't don't let him just because his his kids are on the team and he's he's like being funny no jim Beheim's terrible and don't forget it there's my don't trust Okay. <laughs> the strike a strike a blow against the system, Mike. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. We are about. unfiltered to the uh, nth degree this year. You can follow <laughs> us on Twitter, where nobody tweets ever except for me or Mike when he's drunk and right. gambling a lot of money. Um, yeah. So maybe we can get maybe you can hit us up on a couple of those occasions this year. So follow us at ACCB Ball Degenerates. No, we actually are going to tweet this year. You can also email the program. Taylor has that We say that every year. <laughs> yes, you can email the program if you'd like. We have a lot of emailers, actually. So yeah, At accbbaldegens at gmail.com. That's correct. Oh, yeah. And you go. know what? We're going to see you next time, folks. Um, the Dune review is going to have to wait. <laughs> uh, happy season starting, everyone. It's a magical time.